Hey, I'm Pastor Dave. Welcome to the Lighthouse. We hope the Lord speaks to you today by His Word. God bless. Started a series uh, a few weeks back, and it's called "Be Solid, Be Aware," and um, recognizing that we need to stand on the Word of God in this day and age. If you missed some of those uh, sessions, this is the third one that we're having uh, on this. Be solid and be aware. Uh, and so if you missed, you can go back, check it out on uh, YouTube, lighthousenagger.com, and uh, take a look at some of those uh, sessions that we had a few weeks back. To be solid would be according, or would, to be, would be to hear the Word of God and do the Word of God. And I, I was sharing with some this morning, just saying, you know what, the thing that gets me in this day and age, and I'm not talking about the unbeliever, I'm talking about the believers, is how far they go off the Word or don't even go on the Word. And this passage in Luke 6, uh, verse 46 says, But why do you call me, Lord, Lord, and not do the things which I say? Why are you crying out to me, and you're not doing the things that I say? And this is, this is a thing that's bothering me. So I have to deal with people that will do their own thing, and then they cry out to God, why? God, Lord, Lord. And they haven't done what the Lord told them to do. There's no foundation. And so when the first thing comes along or a big thing comes along, it's not founded on, their, their lives are not founded on the rock. It's not, they're not founded on the Word of God. And as a result, as soon as that storm comes, immediately it falls now, having said that, I want to say this. As long as you are alive, you can still build foundation on a solid rock. There's always a point where you can say, as long as you're breathing, when you stop breathing and you're dead, it's too late. But while you're still living, you can still make a brand new end. Or if you were off, I need to get back on the solid foundation of the Word of God. And so we talked about this a few weeks uh, uh, back uh, about uh, the Word. We talked about the fact that there's three main ideas to this expression of logos or Word. In the beginning was the Word, logos, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. All three of those words are logos, which is the Word, which is God, which is Jesus Christ specifically. Jesus Christ is the Logos. And so there's three aspects to, to this. One is in respect to speech, the fact that there's speech, there's a Word given to us, whether we read it or whatever, and there's an opportunity for us then to do the second part, which is I'm going to hear that Word and I'm going to reason what should I do with this word? Am I going to apply it in my life or not? So the second aspect of, of the word of God is grabbing a hold of it or rejecting it. 
or being half-hearted, being lukewarm. So there's this thing of taking that word in and there's a reasoning uh, that's going on within our minds. The third part, of course, is the fact that Jesus is the word and it is respect. Logos is respect to the person of Jesus Christ, the living word of God. We talked a little bit about logos and rhema. You might say, because both are translated word in the Greek. So to the English, one is, is logos, and uh, another word translated uh, word it comes from the word rhema. Uh, rhema. And we say, well, what is the difference between the two? And the difference is this, that there is, one is more general, that is, it's just given out there to everybody to heed, which is logos. But rhema is what comes to you specifically. It's you, to you personally. And so rhema can come to you as I'm sharing the word. I had some say to me that the word on, on Sunday morning impacted them. There was something that needed to be done. And that is rhema. When the word suddenly comes alive or you know, this is God speaking to me personally and I need to do something with it. That's rhema. Logos is from Genesis to Revelation. It is Jesus Christ. But when there's a speaking into our heart and it comes alive that we can have direction, that we can have comfort, that we can have whatever it may be, there's this it becomes rhema. It's at that point that it becomes rhema to us. I just say, thank you, Lord, for that. Hallelujah. So, uh, we went through then uh, that a few weeks back. But I, today, I want to continue on with the be aware part. And the good thing is this, that the Lord doesn't set us up to fail. He doesn't, or he does it's not like he's saying, hey, uh, I want for your demise, but rather he wants for us to succeed, to overcome. He wants for us to have life, to have life fully. And he also speaks about the last days and what's happening in the last days. And there's a, a giving of a heads up to us. And so if you have your Bibles, I want to read this passage. And once again, I, I'm, I'm hoping I finished tonight. I didn't think it was going to take uh, three sessions, but it may go to a fourth session. We'll see how far we get tonight. So 1 Timothy chapter 4 in your Bibles from verse 1, it says, Now the Spirit, we're talking the Holy Spirit here, expressly says that in latter times some will depart from the faith giving heed to deceiving spirits and doctrines of demons, speaking lies and hypocrisy, having their own conscience seared with a hot iron, forbidding to marry and commanding to abstain from foods which God created to be received with thanksgiving by those who believe and know the truth. For every creature of God is good and nothing is to be refused if it is received with thanksgiving for it is sanctified by the word of God and prayer. So, these different things here are going to be happening in the last days. And the amazing thing is, I see exactly this. I see this happening 
in the body of Christ, in the kingdom of God, in the lives of the believers. And so we talked about the departing from the faith. And you might say it's not a faith, it's the faith. And so the departing from the faith is a departing from what saved you to begin with. So what you believed when you first came to the Lord is the faith that people are departing from. So Jesus and his finished work becomes secondary or is put to the side. And so there's a departing from the faith, Jesus Christ and him crucified. And so we see this, that they're also, with that, they're giving heed to deceiving spirits and doctrines of demons. And so we're, we're seeing that to this, in this day, that, that there's a shifting from the Word of God. So there's no longer a heeding the Word of God. They're going off on these different tangents. And uh, these are doctrines of demons. I, I read one passage, uh, and deceiving spirits, they're giving heed to them. Uh, the one passage I read uh, a few weeks back, or last time, was 2 Corinthians 11, 1 to 4. It says, Oh, that you would bear with me in a little folly. And indeed you do bear with me, for I am jealous for you with a godly jealousy. For I have betrothed you to one husband, that I may present you as a chaste virgin to Christ. But I fear lest somehow, as a serpent deceived Eve by his craftiness, so your minds may be corrupted from the simplicity that is in Christ. The simplicity that is in Christ, which is Jesus Christ portrayed as crucified. That's the simplicity. Very simple. Who he is, what he did for us. That is the simplicity that is in Christ. So, now here's the issue. Here's what's happening in this day and age. For if he who comes preaches another Jesus whom we have not preached, or if you receive a different spirit which you have not received, or a different gospel which you have not accepted, you may well put up with it. You're going to put up with a different Jesus, a different spirit, a different gospel. So not what Jesus, not Jesus Christ and Him crucified, something else. A different Jesus. Jesus' name is maybe mentioned, but there's a, it's a, there's a difference or a different thing happening uh, when it comes to the aspect of salvation. It goes on in this chapter about Satan transforming himself into an angel of light. Therefore, it is no great thing if his ministers also transform themselves into ministers of righteousness whose end will be according to their works. And we're going to talk a little bit about, more about this because um, this next uh, uh, few points that he makes says that people will depart from the faith, giving heed to deceiving spirits and doctrines of demons, speaking lies and hypocrisy. So there's a, a thing of, of hypocrisy. In fact, it has to do with pseudo 
logos. Does anybody know what, what's, what's logos again? It's the word. And in particular, the word of God. What is pseudo-logos? It's a false word. So, speaking lies, speaking lies, this part of it has to do with pseudo-logos. It's not the truth. In hypocrisy. So, when it comes to uh, hypocrisy or a hypocrite, what, what do you... What is the thing that stands out about a hypocrite? So they tell you one thing, and they're not doing it themselves. That's a hypocrite. Hypocrite. So it'd be like, uh, you know, hey, I'd be saying, hey, you know what? It's really important that you come to church, but I don't come to church. That would be, I would be hypocritical. Speaking lies and hypocrisy, perhaps pretended revelations, maybe put in a, putting on an act of self-denial or a mortifi mortification, a crucifying of the flesh uh, in order to pr prove their false doctrines. They don't stand on their own works or their own word or... They don't stand on the Word of God, but rather they stand on their own works. So, few things. In Matthew chapter 7, and we have to watch. We say, well, this isn't me. This is not where I'm at. But we need to recognize in the last days, there's, this, there's going to be this persuasion, if you would, and we can't believe everything that we're hearing or where people are headed. And even with the followings, we're talking many may be following along with uh, a, a, cer a certain individual or whatever, and they have a huge following. You say, well, because they have such a huge following, they must be in the right place. And... That is not necessarily the case. So, somebody that says they're Jesus, to me, if somebody is following somebody that says, I'm the Messiah, I'm Jesus, does not know the Word of God. We, we know if you read the Word of God, you would know right away, hey, Jesus hasn't come yet, and He's coming in the clouds, and He's coming to take, to, to catch up the saints first. He doesn't come onto this planet until at the end of, of the, the tribulation, at the battle of Armageddon, is when He's going to actually literally be on this, this planet physically. So, anybody that says, hey, I'm Jesus, and I'm walking around and doing whatever, we can say, well, we're not going to follow them. To me, that's fairly blatant. I'm talking about things that are way more subtle. 
way more subtle than that. To me, that's, that's a straight up, really, seriously? Okay, so people, we need to know the word of God in these last days. It says, not everyone, Matthew 7, 21, not everyone who says to me, Lord, Lord, shall enter the kingdom of heaven, but he who does the will of my Father in heaven. Many will say to me in that day, Lord, Lord, have we not prophesied in your name, cast out demons in your name, and done many wonders in your name? And, I, then, and then I will declare to them, I never knew you. Depart from me, you who practice lawlessness. Now, to me, this is way more subtle. And people are following some of these individuals that are doing, we prophesied in your name, we cast out demons in your name, did many wonders in your name. I will declare, I don't know you. Depart from me, you who practice lawlessness. I see... Where, where do I need to be? And in all of these scenarios that are given in, in 1 Timothy 4, it really has to do with knowing the Word of God and where your faith truly is at. That you're not, we're not just following. Listen, and I, in this... This day and age, the, the amount of influence you can possibly have. So this week on, on uh, the Instagram question was, who's, who's your favorite theologian? Who's your favorite theologian? Who, who, who is it that you follow, perhaps? And so when it comes to the, that, that word that is going out, you may have, oh man, I really like this, this speaker. They, man, they got it, everything together. I, I, I like to, to listen to their messages. I like to, to hear what they have to say. And so there's, there's an influence. For goodness sake, what are they preaching? What are they teaching? Are they preaching the Word of God? Are they teaching the Word of God? Because in the last days, even the things that they do to prophesy, thus saith the Lord, to cast out demons and do wonders in your name, and they don't make it, that we wouldn't follow along with man. All, all I say in all of this is, for goodness sake, look to the Lord. Look to the Lord in these last days. Don't raise man. If man, if the man of God comes before Jesus Christ, you're going to have issue. You're going to have problem. You're going to have issue and problem if the man of God comes before Jesus Christ. There, you're going to be disappointed. One way or another, you're going to be disappointed. In that chapter, Matthew 7, Jesus, this is Jesus speaking. This is a Sermon on the Mount. It says, beware of false prophets. This is verse 15, Matthew 7, 15. Leading up to this verse, 
Beware of false prophets who come to you in sheep's clothing, but inwardly they are ravenous wolves, ravenous wolves. You will know them by their fruits. Do men gather grapes from thorn bushes or figs from thistles? Even so, every good tree bears good fruit, but a bad tree bears bad fruit. A good tree cannot bear bad fruit, nor can a bad tree bear good fruit. Every tree that does not bear good fruit is cut down and thrown into the fire. Therefore, by their fruits, you will know them. Then it goes into that passage again. Not everyone that says to me, Lord, Lord, shall enter the kingdom of heaven. But he that does the will of my Father in heaven. So by their fruits, you shall know them. By, by their actions, you will know. So part of it is to check in. Where, where is this person? What are their fruit? What kind of fruit do they have? And I would say part of it would be is look at their lives. Look at their life. What kind of life are they living? What are the, what's the fruit within their life? What's the fruit with, with, within their, their, their marriage, within their family? What are the fruit? Now, I recognize families aren't perfect. I recognize that children grow up to be adults. And adults, as they leave the house, they may do their own thing. But look at their fruit is what the scriptures say. Because a good tree will not bear bad fruit. In Jude, Jude is, is the half-brother of Jesus. And he just wrote one chapter, and it's about faith. It says in verse 3, Jude 3, Beloved, while I was very diligent to write to you concerning our common salvation, I found it necessary to write to you exhorting you to contend earnestly for the faith which was once for all delivered to the saints. Contend earnestly for the faith. For certain men have crept in unnoticed who long ago were marked out for this condemnation ungodly men who turn the grace of our God into lewdness and deny the only Lord God and our Lord Jesus Christ. And so there's this perversion that takes place, denying the only Lord God and our Lord Jesus Christ. So contending for the faith, what is your faith in? What is your faith in? How good you are? Who are you following? Are you, are you following Jesus? Are you following man? It says that ungodly men will creep in, have crept in unnoticed. One of the things as a pastor is overseeing the flock, we, we recognize that, uh, that ravenous wolves, they come with sheep's clothing, but inwardly they are ravenous wolves so as a as a pastor my my one of the things is to oversee the flock is to watch out and to be discerning of those that may creep in that would influence people in the wrong way 
That's one of the things that I have to watch out for as a pastor. But I want to remind you, this is Jude 5, I want to remind you, though you once knew this, that the Lord, having saved the people out of the land of Egypt, afterward destroyed those who did not believe. So our faith is critical when it comes to the lies, the speaking lies and hypocrisy that may be spoken to us, that we can be discerning. And so where our faith is at, that it's not shipwrecked, that it's not going off course. And here Jude is saying, hey, I want you to watch out for these different things. So, having saved the people out of the land of Egypt, afterward destroyed those who did not believe. And the angels who did not keep their proper domain, but left their own abode, he has reserved in everlasting chains under darkness for the judgment of the great day. As Sodom and Gomorrah and the cities around them in a similar manner to these, having given themselves over to sexual immorality and gone after strange flesh, are set forth as an example, suffering the vengeance of eternal fire. So we're talking even demons that, that forsook their proper domain. And there was a, an interacting with, with, with women, demons interacting sexually with women. They were, they were chained. They were put in... Uh, everlasting chains until under darkness for the judgment of the great day. It talks here about Sodom and Gomorrah and the, this, the sexual immorality they had gone after strange flesh are set forth as an example, suffering the vengeance of eternal fire. That those cities, those two cities were destroyed. It's interesting. You may say, Pastor, this seems to be pretty obvious, uh, obvious things. Do you know that there's entire denominations that are being split right now over what they allow sexually to be, this is normal thing, contrary to what the Word of God would say, and that denominations are being divided right now, have already, it started 10, 15 years ago, the United Church of North America, well, the United Church in Africa said we want nothing to do with the United Church in North America. Why? Because they have deviated from the Word of God tremendously. And we're not, we're not that's a mainline church. You say, okay, yeah, it's a mainline church. There are evangelical churches now that are deviating tremendously from the Word of God, saying these things are acceptable when it comes to sexual immorality, is acceptable. It's okay. And you have denominations split, are being split. So, likewise, also these dreamers defile the flesh, reject authority, and speak evil of dignitaries. Yet, Michael, the archangel, in contending with the devil when he disputed about the body of Moses, dared not bring in against him a reviling accusation, but said, the Lord rebuke you. May I just say this? Someone says, well, can we, 
do we have the authority to, to bind demons or cast out demons? It says, those that believe in Jesus' name will cast out demons. Do we have the authority? In Jesus' name. We have the authority as we believe in who He is and what He did for us on the cross. We have the authority to cast out demons or even to bind the enemy. Mark 3, 27 talks about when you go into a strong man's house, first you need to bind the strong man before you can take. You might say, what, what and I've been saying this for the last while, what does the enemy have that, that we would even consider or would want to have? What is he, what is the enemy controlling or trying to keep bound and behind those gates of hell? Anybody? What, what does the enemy, listen, listen to the question again, what does the enemy have that we could even want to have? Huh? The only thing he has is souls. That's the only thing that he has. And so we can come against the enemy and we can bind the, the demons that are influencing others in Jesus' name. But there's other things that, are, are, that come in to this when it, comes to, when it comes to those that are speaking lies and hypocrisy. But these speak evil of whatever they do not know and whatever they know naturally like brute beasts in these things they corrupt themselves. Woe to them for they have gone in the way of Cain. What is the way of Cain? What did Cain do? Yeah, he, murdered, he murdered his brother. But what did he do? What was the way of Cain? It wasn't so much the murder part. He, he got... It was all about the sacrifice. The Lord did not accept the sacrifice of Cain. And so Cain got upset because God had accepted Abel's sacrifice. What was Abel's sacrifice? It was a lamb. He didn't do anything. Abel did nothing when it came to the lamb. He had a flock, and he went and he chose a lamb for the sacrifice. What did Cain have that, that he brought to the Lord? What did he bring to the Lord? Pardon? No, he didn't bring garbage. It was the work of his hands. This is what I've done. And so he brought this, and the Lord says, I don't, I, I don't accept this. That's why Cain got so upset. This is where the, we are at at this time. When it comes to those that are speaking lies and hypocrisy, we have these individuals that are going the way of Cain. The sacrifice is not, is not important, or their sacrifice is the sacrifice or the work of man. This is what I have done. This is what I've accomplished. It is about what I can do. There is nothing of faith. Faith is in self and what I can do rather than faith in Jesus Christ and what He's done for us. That was the sacrifice that was acceptable to the Lord. It was all pointing to the Lamb of God. And Cain got so upset that he killed his brother. Woe to them, for they have gone in the way of Cain. 
have run greedily in the error of Balaam for profit. What was the, what was the issue with Balaam? Because Balaam was a prophet of God. The, Is, the Israelites were coming through or coming into the promised land and they came across the inhabitants of the land. They came across the king and Balaam, the king had the king that uh, was going to be overrun by these this huge contingent of of Hebrews, two to three million, as was mentioned earlier, in numbers for those just those that were of fighting age. Six hundred and five thousand. They, they took, the reason it's called numbers is they, they took a census at the beginning, just before they were ready to go into the promised land. 605,000 men. At the very end, after wandering, they should have gone in right away, but they wandered around because they did not accept. They, they heard, there are too many giants. They didn't accept Caleb and uh, Joshua's assessment. They, they listened to the other 10 spies that went in the land and said, yeah, there's giants there. We can't take the land. And so they wandered. They said, no, we're not going to go into the land. And so it was almost like a, a revolt against uh, Moses. It was a democracy, majority vote, and it was the wrong decision was made. Now, after 40 years, they've gone in, or they're going in, and the, one of the first kingdoms that they're going to come against, that king, this godless king, calls uh, this prophet Balaam and says, hey, can you give me a good word against this, these Israelites, the Israelites that are coming? Can you give a word against them? Balaam says, no, I can only, I can only say what the Lord tells me. I can only say what the Lord tells me. What changed Balaam when it came to the words? In fact, Balaam gave a word to the king that said, if you do these things, these two things, one have to do with sexual immorality, you will be able to take down the, the people. What was it that had him shift to no longer give the word of the Lord to, be, uh, to the king because the king was saying, or he was saying, I'll only speak what the, the Lord says. What made him change? It was money. It was money. It was profit. Listen, I struggle when I hear men of God or whatever all they talk about is money. That's all they talk about is money. Give, give, give. Now listen, you might say, Pastor, you believe in the tithe and offerings? You better believe I believe in tithes and offerings. Now, if that's all that I spoke about, is tithes and offerings, hey, I even heard someone tell me, Pastor was saying, I want to know what your G4 is. Or your T4, sorry, your T4. Give me your T4 so I can, I can check if you're actually giving your tithes and offerings. It's like, hmm, 
is for you. It's between you and the Lord. You give with a cheerful heart. You give on to the Lord. Tithes and offerings are between you and the Lord. But here, these men, what, they're gonna, what they start to do is they run greedily in the air of Balaam for profit. I can't, I can't believe. I'm not saying that pastors don't work hard, but I can't believe the profit that some have made as a result of this thing of going greedily, using their, wherever they're at, their position, using their influence, using a word or whatever, and hypocrisy to say, hey, you know what? You need to give. And in whatever way they frame it, their ultimate goal is, I'm going to make some profit off of this myself. This is what's happening in these last days. Because so this is going to happen in the last day. And those that perished in the rebellion of Korah. Do you know what the rebellion of Korah was? Moses, who put you in authority? You're not, what, you're not, you're not our boss. Who put you in charge? And there was a rebelliousness against the authority of Moses, who had been called. God says, Moses, step back. Separate yourself from Korah and his family and those that are with Korah. Separate yourself from them. Why? What happened? The earth opened up. The earth opened up and they were swallowed. Listen. You might say, Pastor, why are you harping on this? I'm telling you at this time, you need to, to test their fruit. You need to know the fruit. You need to know the Word of God. For goodness sake, just don't follow anybody. By their fruit you shall know them. They've gone the way of Cain. There is no more talking about the cross. They run greedily in the air of Balaam for profit. It's about the money, what they can get. And they perish in the rebellion of, of Korah. It's, it's at this point in time, it's like, no, I am in charge and I'm going to continue to do what I'm doing. I'm in charge. These are spots in your love feasts, feasts while they feast with you without fear, serving only themselves. They are clouds without water. Carried about by the winds, late autumn trees without fruit, no fruit, twice dead, pulled up by the roots. Raging waves of the sea, foaming up their own shame, wandering stars for whom is reserved the blackness of darkness forever. Now Enoch, the seventh from Adam, prophesied about these men also, saying, Behold, the Lord comes with ten thousands of his, of his saints to execute judgment on all, to convict all who are ungodly among them of all their ungodly deeds which they have committed in an ungodly way and of all the harsh things which ungodly sinners have spoken against him. 
we see here four times ungodly, 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 ungodly. The Lord comes with ten thousands of his saints. You know what that means, really? They didn't make it. When the trumpet sounded, they didn't make it. And they didn't even make it when it came. Sounds like they didn't even make it to be part of the, the, the saints at the end of, of, of the tribulation. So they missed the first trumpet, the trumpet and the catching up of the saints, and they're not included in the martyrs that are part of those that are saved during the tribulation. They're not included in that either. They don't make it. Listen. This is prophesied from Enoch, the seventh from Adam. We're talking like, what, 5,000 years ago? 5,000 years ago it said, this is how it's going to be in the last days. These are grumblers, complainers, walking according to their own lusts. It's all about what I want. And they mouth great swelling words, flattering people to gain advantage. But you, beloved, remember the words which were spoken before by the apostles of our Lord Jesus Christ. How they told you that there would be mockers in the last time who would walk according to their own ungodly lusts. These are sensual persons who cause divisions not having the Spirit. They don't have the Spirit of God. So, tied in with this, now I, I'm not going to finish tonight, I can tell you that right now. It says here, not only speaking lies and hypocrisy, having their own conscience seared with a hot iron. Can I just say this? It's one thing to be deceived yourself and to deceive others because you just don't know any better. You know what I'm saying? Man, if somebody would just tell, would have shown me the way, or once somebody does show the way, hey, you're off on this part here, or you're, this is not what the Word of God says. And they say, oh my goodness, you're right. And there's a turning, and there's a change that takes place. Well, it says here, having the conscience seared with a hot iron. Having their own conscience seared with a hot iron. At this point, does anybody know what um, um, a hot iron would do? It burns. It's brand, it, like a branding. You get branded. It's, there's a, a, a cauterization that takes place, a hardening. So when you, when you look at something that's been uh, uh, seared, I don't know if anybody's had a, a really like a third degree burn or whatever. My dad was burned from the, the waist up. The fact that he didn't have any visual scars was a miracle of God. It was a miracle of God. But there were parts of his body that had, there, you could see that there, were, there was a searing that took place. There were scars. And so the skin was deformed. It was uh, hardened. These guys, and can be women as well, 
But these individuals that would pull people aside, this is what you might say, why, did, why is the Lord sharing, why did Paul share this with Timothy? Who was Timothy? Who was Timothy? What, or what was his role or function that he had? He was a pastor, and he had been under Paul, and, and so he was a pastor of a church. And so First and Second Timothy is our letters to a pastor. Same with Titus. Letters of Paul to a pastor, to pastors, and saying, you need to watch out for these things. And that's why I'm saying to you, because you might say, why, why are you telling us this? I'll tell you why. It's because in this last day and age, with our, our, our information that we're receiving, you can watch, you can watch men, men or women of God 24-7 if you want. Forty years ago, you might have caught somebody on TV, maybe. But now, it's like, hey, if I want to pull something up, or I don't even have to pull it up, if I'm looking at, you know, different uh, religious or spiritual uh, content things, they're coming to me on their own. I don't know if that's happened with you on YouTube. So you're talking, or you're looking at a certain topic or whatever, Next thing you know, it's like there's all these other different things come in with it because you've done these searches. And so it automatically feeds you things. I'm telling you at this point, for goodness sake, be careful who you follow. Be careful. And I thank the Lord for the heads up that He gives us. These individuals, having their own conscience seared with a hot iron, they're deliberately knowingly telling you things that are not godly. They're not scriptural. To the point, and I mentioned it earlier on as we started off, there are entire denominations that are being split by the decisions. They take a majority vote or whatever of the pastors, and you have a whole whack of pastors that are saying, yeah, this is acceptable. Yeah, we're going to allow this. Well, what about the Word of God? You know, it doesn't matter. You know, we, we, we change with the, the changing of society. We need to keep up with society. We need to be seeker-sensitive. Like, like, don't offend anybody. Don't say anything that, you know, some of the things that are, are written here would be offensive if you say, well, that's how it should be, or that, that's okay. When the Lord says, well, no, it's not okay. Like, if you have pastors that are, are afraid to talk about what marriage should be, in fact, that's the next point that I'll be talking about. It says here, the next thing after that, it says, forbidding to marry and commanding to abstain from foods which God created to be received with thanksgiving by those who believe and know the truth. Like, what is this all about? In the last days, in the latter times, some will depart from the faith. I do not want you to depart from the faith. I don't want you to depart from the faith. I want your faith to remain in what saved you. The body, 
of Jesus Christ broken for you, his blood shed for you, so that you can make it. My faith, let it be strong in what saved you to begin with, it, that it would not shift from that. You got saved because you made a, a you, you heard the gospel of Jesus Christ, him dying on a cross for you and loving you and giving, taking your sins upon himself so that you can be forgiven as he took the consequences of your sin on himself and as you believe in him, Lord, I'm a sinner. You took my sins upon yourself. I believe in you, what you did for me on the cross because you love me. Be a part of my life. Come into my life. And you were saved. It was so simple that even a child, many of you, how many of you here got saved as children? Okay. There's, a, there's about half of you got saved as children. It was so easy for you to get saved when, when the opportunity came up that you would hang on to that faith. The same faith that saved you would be the same faith today. Jesus Christ and Him crucified. So if anybody, I, I, don't, I don't follow this Instagram thing. I, I, don't even, I don't have Instagram. How many have an Instagram? A few? Did anybody catch the question of... Uh, from, do you know we have a, every week there's something, I believe it's on Instagram? Or on Facebook. Okay, so you saw it on Facebook. So if you're watching, or you're, you can check it out on Facebook. So the question is every week. So Ethan put, puts up the question and it's like, okay, um, what's the question this week? So the question this week was for both of us as pastors. So what Who's your, your favorite theologian? And I think that's what that was that the question? Okay. I said, I don't I don't I don't have a, a favorite theologian. Then I said, Well wait, wait, hold on a sec. So I just gave my quote, which is first Corinthians two verse two. And after that I just put in my favorite theologian is Paul, also known or formerly known as Saul. To me, I can't wait to meet the man. I can't wait to meet Paul. The revelations that were given to him, I just say, Lord, thank you for the revelation that you gave to Paul and that Paul was obedient to be changed from darkness into your marvelous light. Here was a true man that believed that what he was doing was right. He was... He didn't have a seared conscience. He just believed that what he was doing right was right and persecuting the, the followers of the way of Jesus Christ. And when he found out who Jesus was, there was a transformation that took place and the revelation that Paul had that he writes to us. Half the New Testament are letters that Paul wrote in the, under the inspiration of the Holy Spirit. I said, man, I can't wait to meet this guy. And the foundation was faith. Where is your faith? I was determined you would know nothing else but Jesus Christ and Him crucified. Can we stand together? And uh, we're going to pray. And let's just, uh, you're in the right place. Tonight you're in the right place. Being here, you're in the right place. But I want you to, let's pray for, for those not just us, but for those that are not in the right place and are being swayed off track 
to, to be fruitless like those that are fruitless or they're in the wrong, they have the wrong fruit. So we, we want to pray, not out of, out of judgment, but out of a love for those that are, are going astray. Lord, the enemy is deceiving. In fact, Lord, in Matthew 24, Lord, in Mark verse 13, or chapter 13, Lord, in Luke chapter 21, regarding the last days, you said that we need to be careful lest we are deceived. This is going to be the biggest thing in, the, in these last days, and it is. I see it entire denominations impacted. Millions upon millions and millions impacted to go, go astray. An apostasy taking place, a falling away taking place, because there are those that would tickle ears. They have itching ears to heap upon themselves teachers that would itch their ears, scratch their ears. I'll tell you what you want to hear. Let me just tell you what you want to hear. Let me make you feel good. Lord, I just pray in these last days for those that, that have been, they're, they're, they're moving away from you. Lord, I just thank you. You give warning for us not to get into that place, but Lord, you also give warning because there can be a turning around. In fact, Lord, even as we end this chapter of Jude in Jude, to pull them out like a, a brand out of fire, just out of the fire, to pull them out of the fire. Lord, I pray in these, these last days, let us have a concern and a heart for our brothers and sisters that may be going astray. And Lord, with love, just to say, hey, where's your faith at? What's your faith in? Lord, that we can point them always to the word, not just the word of the Lord, but Lord, that we can point them to you, what you did for us on the cross 2,000 years ago. Jesus Christ and him crucified, as Paul says, did I not portray to you Christ, Jesus Christ as crucified? Isn't that what I illustrated to you? Lord, I pray that we could illustrate this to those that are going astray. Lord, that we can in gentleness help them along the way. Lord, help me. Lord, I am dealing with individuals at this time. Lord, that I can deal with them in gentleness without compromise. Lord, let us do these things. Lord, help us. Let us I pray for, for those that are, have gone far away. Lord, their, their faith has been shipwrecked. Lord, I pray that they will come back to you. Lord, let us continue to reach out to them. Let us continue to love them. Lord, that we would be like you with them, full of grace and truth. Lord, we don't have to compromise. We don't have to, but Lord, that we would be full of grace in our interactions with them. In Jesus' name, I pray blessing on each and every one here tonight. 
I thank you for my dear brothers and sisters. Bless them. Bless their families. Lord, their, their prayers for perhaps relatives, their own children or parents or aunts and uncles, cousins, whoever it may be, their, their neighbor, their friend, their coworker that doesn't know you. Lord, hear those prayers. They say, Lord, save them. Save my son. Save my daughter. Save my grandchildren. Lord, hear those prayers in these last days. Lord, let us be like you, again, full of grace and truth. We just give you all the praise and the glory. Amen. Hey, thanks for joining us. We hope you enjoyed the sermon. Just want you to know you can find full live stream services on our website, lighthouseniagara.com.